that's not going to come about until you recognize uh, our church usher, usher, Brother Jim. He's going to hand out uh, a little something to the mothers. And uh, also, it's not going to happen. Uh, I had a little boy come up to me this morning and says, I gave your wife a flower. <laughs> and I said to him, I got you one up. I'm going to give your mother a flower. <laughs> so I want to take just a minute and recognize Mrs. Belcom, Samantha, uh, who's got a little one on her lap right now. Could you come up, please? Larissa, I did say Samantha, didn't I? Mrs. B Mrs. Belcom, I got that right. I know, that's why I, I got to work on it. This is for you on behalf of the church for the ministry you have to others. Here at the church, she runs the uh, children's play group. There's been as many as 20 people in this little place here with kids running from rafter to rafter. This is on behalf of the ladies you minister to in that group. Thank you. They got you this. It's full of money. It's Very real heavy. heavy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Very important, as her husband read just earlier, Brother Jay, uh, noted for her thoughtfulness towards others and her service to others. And it's a sacrifice. It is. We've been here on rainy days when there wasn't six of them. And we've been here when there's been too many. <laughs> it's been a wonderful blessing in the church and uh, a new uh, activity for people to come especially for people that are new to the community. We've had a lot of people come. Ladies come with their children. Gentlemen come with their children. All different kinds of stuff. It's a wonderful activity within the church. And Mrs. Belcom does it sacrificially. Uh, drives in 30 miles one way and does her grocery shopping after she eats, I hope, but uh, and has to be involved in that. That's on Thursdays, 10 o'clock in the morning. And if you want to know any more about it, uh, we'll, uh, you can contact her. So we're, we're going to start. They'll start rolling the record in the back now. And uh, we're going to go in John chapter 2 today. As we concentrate on mothers, I'm at somewhat of a disadvantage when I think of mothers. I have a disadvantage there, I'll admit. But I think of... Uh, the mother in scripture that some denominations pay too much homage to, but I wanted to uh, go to John chapter 2, and I'll read to you. And the third day there was a marriage in Canaan of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they had wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. I like that little part, do it. You can find that again in James chapter 2, all about doing God's word, not just hearing it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. 
Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now, and bear it unto thy governor of the feast. And they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man hath beginning hath at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is raw worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. This is the beginning of miracles. Did Jesus in Cana of Galilee. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to look into your word this morning. Help us as mothers, which we all have one, to... Uh, to, re- to know how to treat them, and to learn what we all need to learn from your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we're looking here at, I want to bring to your attention, these are the only recorded words of Mary, the mother of Jesus, here in Scripture, and uh, recorded words that she said to others. And it's, uh, it says, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. That's quite a quite a statement. Uh, as a mother, we should inspire to do the same. Now, I'm not a mother, and I I know uh, I know little about being a mother. <laughs> but we should all we should all inspire our children. I remember the first time I ever asked my mother where trees came from, and I had heard from my aunt, who was a who was a school teacher, all about the little whirly gigs you find in your yard, what kind of maple that is, that you find those little helicopter things and they lay there on the, on the cement or the ground, uh, and that was the seed to those trees. And when I asked my mother, where does trees come from, thinking I was going to hit her with the next one, where do seeds come from, or where, and just keep going backwards from there till I got an answer, and she shortcut me and she said, from God. You don't know the influence you have on your children with just a couple of words at the right time. You know, they say the hand that rocks the cradle moves a nation. And uh, you have an influence on your children all the time, not only in what you do, but what you don't do sometimes, too. What we know about Mary, the mother of Jesus, Scripture describes Mary as a young virgin who was chosen by God to conceive Jesus through the Holy Spirit something we sell the Holy Spirit short on a lot of times, after giving birth to Jesus in Bethlehem. She raised him in the city of Nazareth in Galilee and was in Jerusalem at the crucifixion and with the apostles after the ascension. The ascension's the resurrection. Acts 1.14 is the last we hear of the Mary in Scripture. These, and it reads, this all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the, with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brethren. Now, it depends on where, what perspective you take on Scripture and what uh, Bible you even use, but Mary, the mother of Jesus, had, had several other children. In Matthew 13, 55, and in Math, Mark 6, 3, the name of the men called... Uh, uh, were Jesus's brethren were James, Joseph, Simeon, and Judas, called Jude. The sisters are not named, but since 
the word is plural, there were at least two of them. So we know that about his family and his heritage. What did Jesus say to Mary when he was at the cross? The last words he addressed his mother with was, Woman, behold thy son. As he sang, sat there on the cross, sat there, as he hanged there on the cross. Then he said to the disciples, Behold thy mother. And from that hour on, the disciple took her into his own home. So that's where what we know about Mary. We know a lot more about Mary and her quietness and what she didn't say. If anyone had a right to be an activist, it would have been Mary. If anyone had a right to, to be held up in, in honor and homage, it would have been Mary. But she told, uh, she realized that her duty in life was to magnify her son. And uh, what we can learn from how her son interacted right there in these few verses in John chapter 2, uh, first thing that comes to my mind when I examine it is obedience. Jesus Christ was obedient to his mother, how we should be from time to time. Now, there's a difference in your mother and honoring, which we see uh, him, Jesus Christ demonstrating here because when Jesus Christ addressed his mother as woman he was honoring her as her position and there was something that was taking place this was the first miracle Jesus performed he was himself stepping from what we would call childhood into adulthood with the very honoring and obedience to his mother what a feat to, to fathom Jesus Christ, I remind you, came to fulfill the law, not to be an exemption, not to be an exception to it. And as he was obedient to his mother, he progressed onto an adult, a very successful adult, in what God wanted him to accomplish. As the world would measure success, we would we would say, oh, he was three years in the ministry and was a failure to mankind, or a failure to his family and to his name and to his heritage and oh my what you could paint what a picture but in reality he did exactly what God wanted him to do and one of those things on that exactness to accomplish what God wanted him to do was to be obedient to his mother and to be obedient to his family and to be obedient to his law and his government as much as was within him and we see him demonstrating all that right here as he honored not only his mother but he honored those people involved in the wedding feast as well. He started his service for others in a very physical form right there in John chapter 2. The other thing that comes to mind is he rendered dues. Romans 13, 7 through 8 talks about tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom is due. Jesus Christ sat here in, in gave tribute to the family at the wedding, gave tribute to his mother, gave tribute to the societal norms of marriage and matrimony, gave tribute to the government and the fact that he stood by and performed those feats within the realms and the ramifications of the law of the land. So he had demonstrated obedience, he demonstrated honor, he demonstrated dues, he demonstrated love, love to his mother and obedience and simple sacrifice. Do you realize that when he took that step forward in obedience, that he was taking his first step forward to the cross 
on Calvary. That no longer would he be just a man in the temple that did uh, said wonderful things and could summarize scripture. He became a man, a man that represented his heavenly father. And he performed miracles from then on that set him apart from anybody of the time. And as he set them, as he performed those miracles in obedience to his heavenly father, in obedience to his earthly mother, when he stepped forward and performed those, he was writing the epitaph on his funeral, on his grave. You know, it costs sometimes to serve. He didn't do it for the wet people at the wedding feast. He didn't do it for his mother totally. He did it in obedience to his heavenly father. That was first and foremost in his life. And he did it out of love, out of gratitude. For he'd been to heaven. He was there when the worlds were made. He was there when your name was written in the book of life. He was there. And he had to take this process and these steps to make sure you had the opportunity to be there with him also when everything come to an end. He did it out of love, love for his father, love for you. He did it out of obedience. He did it out of rendering dues to whom tribute is due. He did it out of honor. He did it out of love. At the verse I quoted in Sunday school rings across my mind yet this afternoon. It's, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He was God's gift to you out of love. He all not only loved you, but he loved God the Father. And he did it out of obedience to Father, the, his heavenly Father. He became your gift, your salvation, your way to eternity, your refuge from sin, your resurrection your eternal life. He did that all for you. If you're here today and don't understand what Jesus Christ is about, what Jesus Christ did, you need to settle that. It's serious. He died over the matter. He set himself on a course of action that there was no return from, just so you could have an opportunity for eternal life, just so you could have an opportunity of an eternal destiny just so you could be there one day with your loved ones in heaven. God's a wonderful thing. God's a wonderful person. God's a wonderful power. God has wonderful grace. And he wants you to be with him in eternity. Let's all stand.